Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. Jeff Lerner back with us on Side Hustle Fridays. I I was thinking about affiliate marketing. So I've talked about affiliate marketing on the Side Hustle Fridays about uh, email lists and about newsletters and even about podcasts, how to monetize podcasts. I haven't really done a full circle about what is affiliate marketing, how do you find the best deals, what if you don't have a big platform, how much money can you make. I called up Jeff Lerner literally yesterday and said, what do you know about affiliate learning? And he's like, describes a story that you're going to hear on the podcast. And he fortunately had time. He came on today and broke it down, basically how to how to get freedom from your job and career and maybe make a ton of money using affiliate marketing. So here's the latest Side Hustle Friday with Jeff Lerner. I hope you enjoy. Jeff, you've helped thousands of people start businesses. You've seen every type of entrepreneurial business. And as you know, and you've been on before, I'm not really interested in side hustles like, oh, I'm going to walk dogs. I'm going to use the Uber for dogs and make $8 an hour. I, I like these things where you could start with nothing, but potentially scale into a multi-million dollar business. I brought up affiliate marketing in quite a few of these side hustle podcasts, but never have done a full circle view of best practices of how starting from scratch, someone could really build a business with affiliate marketing, no platform, no email list. Maybe they start building it, but that's among other things. And how do you pick the best affiliates? How do you know what will perform? How do you track it? And so on. Well, I'm excited to talk about it. When I got started in 2008, which makes me a little bit of the old guard online, as you know, I had no platform. I had no previous experience. I had not a lot going for me. You were a jazz pianist, <laughs> high school dropout. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, it turns aspiring entrepreneur turned near bankrupt, hiding from the government entrepreneur. I owed $495,000 in total. 330 of that was for federally guaranteed SBA bank loans, which meant I had the US Treasury coming after me, which is the same people that come after you if you owe the government $300,000 in taxes. So it was a glorious existence. Wait, how did you, how did you hide? Like you must've been terrified. Um, it was pretty terrible. Uh, although the hiding was facilitated in part by the eviction from my apartment. Um, so my place of residence disappeared where they would have found me. And I ended up uh, living in the spare bedroom at my soon to be ex-wife's parents' house. 
she was in the process of splitting with me. But in the meantime, I uh, rather than live under a bridge, her parents, you know, felt some pity and let me live with them. Uh, but eventually the U.S. Treasury got their number and started calling, asking to speak with Jeffrey Michael Lerner. And that made her dad an even bigger fan of me, as you might imagine. Huh. And so I just hid in my room. And, and I mean, this is a really apropos. I literally hid in my room and taught myself affiliate marketing. I, I bought an online course for $395. And if anybody's wondering, well, is this real? Can it be real? Can you make good money? You know, to your point, is this something that caps out at $800 a month? Uh, I paid off $495,000 in debt in a hair over 18 months as a zero to self-taught affiliate marketer. Wow. So A, do you think that can still be done now? And B, just a point. I didn't know actually that you started with affiliate marketing. So that's interesting. Can that still be done now? Is it better? Is it worse? It can absolutely still be done now. I think the fundamentals are the same, which is most people will uh, play small and kind of circulate at a low level, uh, living off of you know plankton, if you will, and you can only grow so big when you do. But uh, those who really commit and really you know hone in, and we can talk about some of the X factors, but as you really hone in on you know, the right niche and building, you know, meaningful value in the market and something that differentiates you and can attract a, a lot of people and build large lists and all that good stuff. Yeah, there's there's opportunities. Uh, I know, for example, I have a, a friend of mine who hurt his back. He's actually one of the instructors in my Entra Institute. He hurt his back uh, five or six years ago and was basically bedridden for nine months. And so for nine months, he was determined that he did not want to go back to being an auto mechanic. And in nine months, he, he self-taught affiliate marketing and um, never went back to fixing cars. And now he makes uh, probably multiple seven figures a year. I know he makes almost seven figures a year just with my affiliate program. And that's just one program. So, And he generates traffic in six different verticals that I know of. So I would speculate it's several million, at least a few million per year. And he's started in the last five years. I mean, it's, 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 it's so big. You know, just in the last 12 months, digital products or digital services, the digital economy, if you will, has gone from about 10% of GDP to 14% of GDP in the United States. Wow. That's by far the biggest single year jump ever. And, and some of that's because of COVID. I have a few stats in my head. One is that in the US, it's gone from 10 to 14%. Globally, by 2021, the digital economy will be a $4.9 trillion global economy. And here's something that'll blow your mind. Affiliate marketing, uh, transactions that are linked to affiliate networks and affiliate merchants represent over 20% of that economy. So affiliate marketing wow, so is officially a trillion dollar industry as of 2021. So, and just to, I'll give the, the simplest example. Like, let's say I said to somebody, hey, go to, you know, xyz.com slash James. There's a good online course you could take there. And someone goes to xyz.com slash James and buys the course. An example affiliate deal is XYZ and James, me, might split the fee on that course 50-50. Well, James, since you threw the lob, I'm going to smack it out of the park and say an even better example that's not hypothetical is if someone will go to millionairesecrets.com forward slash James A and download my free book, The Millionaire Shortcut, which teaches them the fastest way to become a millionaire in the new digital economy. And then they subsequently go on to buy one of my courses, for example, our course on affiliate marketing. You, Mr. James Altucher, will get a commission. Yeah, and I think I didn't even realize you had set that up for me. And I get 
emails ever since the last time you were on the podcast. Oh, you just made another X number of dollars, like uh, on and on. Yeah, we are we are very stealthy that way. Yeah, and, no, uh, it was great. We like you. Yes, uh, thanks. So yeah, so okay, so that's the basic definition, and there's a million ways to do it. Like I could put stuff on on an email list. I could put stuff on Twitter. I could put stuff on a podcast. But like, what's how do I build this? Like, how do I spread the word? How do I find the right affiliate deals? Like, I don't know actually. Okay, so you know, there's four basic elements to the affiliate marketing ecosystem that need to be understood at a, at least at a basic level to kind of figure out how the pieces fit together. First of all, there's the merchant. That would be the company that sells the widget or the service that pays the commission to the affiliate. So there's the merchant. There's the network. And a lot of people don't really understand this network piece, and, but it's a huge piece, especially for beginner affiliates who don't necessarily have the know-how or the desire to go source individual merchant offers. These networks are places that like aggregate affiliate offers. So uh, this would be like a ClickBank or a commission junction, share a sale. You, uh, you know that logo you see on the Golden State Warriors jersey that says Rakuten? No. R-A-K, so if you look at like Steph Curry on his jersey, one of the Golden State Warriors is called uh, Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. 99 out of 100 people have no idea who what this company is or how they got rich enough to sponsor the Golden State Warriors. It's an affiliate network. So like Walmart, for example, uh, they actually, I mean, they have their own affiliate program that you can sign up for directly, but also they, they power their affiliate program through Rakuten. You go to Rakuten.com and you can sign up as an affiliate uh, by joining the network. You get access to thousands of affiliate offers. And essentially it's, it's kind of pre-vetted, you know, a lot of, you mentioned a lot of people wonder, is it secure? Is it reliable? Well, when you go through the networks, they've essentially pre-vetted and, and built infrastructure that allows retailers to just plug in and all the affiliate aspect of the business is kind of handled. That's why like a Walmart or a Target, even companies at that size would go through a Rakuten type network. I want to ask about ClickBank and Commission Junction, and I want to ask about Rakuten because they seem like mm -hmm. slight, they're affiliate networks, but they seem like slightly different business models. So I'm on Rakuten. Mm -hmm. Let's say I put in the Rakuten extension. That means whenever I go to these stores, like uh, online stores, like Macy's, Sam's Club, Old Navy, Chewy, Sephora, Nike, Mm -hmm. And I buy, and I have the Rakuten extension, they have an affiliate deal with Nike, but they're allowing me to split their affiliate revenues with them. Yes, that's exactly right. And it's kind of, they're kind of a pass-through intermediary where people are still buying from the retailer directly. I see. And so ClickBank though, I can go to ClickBank. Let me go to ClickBank right now. And what happens at ClickBank is I see a bunch of, uh, I guess, offers or companies making offers and they're kind of uh, showing me what their affiliate deal is. And then I could say, oh, I want these five affiliate deals and I put them on my email list and then I start making money. But the trick there is, I don't know which ones are good, you know, which ones so good in the sense of I'd, I'd have to try the products and, and so on. And, but let's say I find some products that are good. I, I don't know which deals perform, meaning which are the things people tend to click on and, and so on? Well, ClickBank actually, um, there's a little bit of education involved, but they post, they publish a ton of really, really great intelligence that's essentially crowdsourced from all their affiliates. And, and again, to kind of answer your basic question of like, what's the difference? ClickBank is an actual, essentially like a host. 
So like Macy's, Macy's has a, an e-commerce website and they're just a pass-through. So Rakuten essentially passes through a cookie and some, some integrated tracking where then you go shop on Macy's and it's all tracked by Rakuten. And the, like you said, the credit flows back to Rakuten and it's shared by the affiliate. Whereas ClickBank, let's say you created the James Altucher trading course, for example. Right. But you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to host it. I don't want to build out a website for it. I just want to create the course and put it somewhere where people can promote it. You would put it in the ClickBank ecosystem. And then you literally don't even have to have merchant processing. Essentially when people would buy that. So let's say it goes into ClickBank. ClickBank goes, hey, we've got a new hot course from James Altucher, check it out. And the ClickBank affiliates flock to it and they go promote it. And then a bunch of their readers or, or content consumers come and buy the course. They're not even buying it from you. They're actually transacting from ClickBank. And then ClickBank is taking their fee just like a, a, any other merchant processor would. And then they're just sending you, you know, half the money. Wow. So, okay. But how do you know, you're saying they publish data. So like, you know, as we all know, some deals work, some don't. Like one time I had an affiliate deal, even with, you know, Tony Robbins and, uh, nobody clicked on, on his deal. Whereas, you know, other deals go through the roof. Yeah, because it comes down to the marketing of the deal. Um, and this, we'll, we'll talk about what kind of products you want to promote as an affiliate, assuming your goal is to like actually make a lot of money. And a ClickBank will, yeah, they give you various statistics. They tell you earnings per click. They tell you conversion rates. They have, I think they call it a heat index where it basically just says how popular is this offer with our other affiliates. And you can uh, use that data, much like you know, trading stocks or whatever, to figure out what are the affiliate offers that are likely to perform. Mm. And yeah, a lot of times it's the one-off affiliate offers that literally you've never heard of. You don't even know who the the retail brand, or there is no retail brand. I mean, Tony Robbins is great, but he's banking on things converting just because his name's Tony Robbins, and the people that want his stuff kind of already have demand, but a lot of times they're already buying it from him or they have a shopping channel predetermined. The stuff on ClickBank will be like, like for example, let's say somebody wants to learn about affiliate marketing. There's, I guarantee you there's a hot course. In fact, I know the guy that has the number two product on ClickBank and it's called 12 Minute Affiliate. His name's Devon Brown. I interviewed him on my show, Millionaire Secrets. And his course, 12 Minute Affiliate is on ClickBank, at least at the time. I don't want to vouch that it's currently number two, but you can grab the link for 12 minute affiliate. That thing converts like gangbusters, man. But not because anybody necessarily knows who Devon Brown is, but just because they love the idea of being set up as an affiliate in 12 minutes. And so, so, okay. So let's say you tell me, Hey James, there's a good uh, course. This one seems to be converting well for whatever reason. It's a, affiliate is marketing as a top, a hot thing. People want to learn what it is. They want to make money. I take this link. I get my own generated link that's specific to me. And mm -hmm. I share it with people, they click on it. And then I split the revenues with Devon, but where do I share it? Like how, do, so you mentioned there's the merchant, which is in this case, the guy making the course. And then there's the network, which is like ClickBank mm -hmm. or commission junction, or, you know, there's probably a whole bunch of places where I can find Amazon is by far the biggest. That's some, an easy thing for people to wrap their minds around. But, but Amazon, you only get 3% of, oh, it's yeah, it's terrible. I'm yeah. not, I'm not saying it's the best. I just said it's the biggest. Yeah. It's probably the worst. Right, right. So, but, but you're right. That, that is a, uh, an example that people are familiar with. So, but let's say I'm doing this one that's, you know, much higher uh, payment potential. Mm -hmm. What do I do next? So then, yeah, the other two uh, 
parts of the four-part ecosystem are the publisher, which is a fancy way of saying you. And I actually like using that term publisher because it reminds you of your obligation if you want to be a successful affiliate. Mm -hmm. Because if you just say, I'm an affiliate, it's like, oh, well, I'm affiliated. Yay, I did something. No, you haven't done anything because you haven't published any content. You want to be successful, you got to publish. And then the fourth part, obviously, is the customer, the person that, you know, consumes your content and clicks through and, and potentially buys something from the merchant as tracked by potentially the network. So that's how they all link together. But yes, I mean, you want to be successful, you got to publish, you got to, you got to put stuff out there, you got to become fertile and productive and uh, put stuff out there that not only makes you feel good because you did it, but other people uh, gives value to the world. And there's basically, I would say, two types of content that are really going to get you traction and sort of three formats of those types of content. Um, the two types are basically blogs and videos. This is the way we teach it at Entra. So, you know, I have some bias here, but it's we do this because it's the best. We I believe in a model called digital real estate. I mean, look, if you have an Instagram profile with a million followers, great, post a link and, you know, you get a, a, a big quick frenzy of activity. But I like to build assets that are going to have staying power over time. You know, they get indexed in the search engines, history or time works on their side. You know, in the Google algorithm, a content aging is a good thing, right? Whereas on Instagram, if it's more than 24 hours old, it virtually doesn't exist. Right. Uh, ditto on YouTube. You know, content aging is a good thing. You go type in on YouTube how to fix a toilet. Some of the top rank recommended videos are going to be videos that are three, five, seven years old, right? And they've got millions of views. So you want I like to build assets that where history is a good thing, and that's going to primarily be blogs that are properly configured to, to be SEO'd or search engine optimized, and then ditto for YouTube videos. Um, and then the three formats of those types of content would be like review content, where the content is itself a review of the thing. That's probably the highest converting, highest engagement, and highest trust. You've taken the responsibility of reviewing and vetting the thing. So then at the end, when you give a link to the thing, it's a very compelling link, assuming you gave it a good review and assuming you're presented with authority. People are like, I trust this guy. He, he, you know, unboxing, for example, that's a big thing on YouTube. Like, oh, we got our new Cuisinart. Let's take it out of the box and blend ourselves a chopped salad. And then also niche content, which is going to be probably like take something like a travel blog where it's just a whole lot of content related to this one interest or passion, and then they can pepper it with links related to that thing. You know, book your flights, Priceline, or download our guide to top 10 sites you must see in China, or here's a quick uh, link to a Rosetta Stone course to learn Italian before you go to Italy, right? Those are all examples of uh, related affiliate products for travel on a niche content site. And then uh, discounts and deals is a big one, actually, where you say, like, I have a friend, for example, that literally makes an ungodly amount of money, um, basically just combing through Amazon Prime, finding what they think are the best deals, and then reposting them on a, on a discount site saying, saying, here's the best deals on Amazon Prime. Well, okay, what do you mean? But what does he mean by deal there, though? So because they're just, it's just a regular price on Amazon it, it's Prime. It's just where they, what, you know, cool things that they think are of high value and, you know, kind of appeal to the- Like hot gadget of the day. Yeah, 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 you could, yeah, that's technically not a discount offer, mm -hmm. but um, hot, a hot gadget of the day is a good way. But, but how does he make it a discount offer? Like, how, does he talk to the seller? No, or? no, in that case, I shouldn't, I, sorry, that's not a true discount offer at all. Mm -hmm. it, he did, they don't go negotiate with Amazon, but it's, 
it's that, yeah, that hot thing, like something that has a, a sense of an expiration date is probably a better way to put it. And, and so, okay, all of these though involve a little bit of a platform. Like even if I make these unboxing videos, I still have to have people view them. And uh, what if someone's just starting at this, they're listening to this, they think this is cool, but they've, they've basically spent no time on any uh, medium building up a, a platform that could take years. It could take years, but it doesn't have to. Um, YouTube videos, I mean, you know, listen, we're never gonna come up with a scenario where nobody sees your thing and you still make money. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, YouTube videos uh, are something that if you optimize them right, I say optimize them, um, I can explain what I mean by that. But but again, you, YouTube is a free platform. You have a platform. YouTube will give you a channel for free. WordPress is a free platform. It'll give you a blog for free. Um, you set that up. YouTube's probably easier than blogging, right? Because just one YouTube video can stand on its own as a legitimate thing. Whereas if you have a blog with one post, kind of looks empty. And uh, but yeah, if you if you set up your title the right way, you you give it the proper tags, you use a a description that has relevant keywords. Uh, one thing that YouTube does is it transcribes the audio of your video, so if your talk track in the video is actually kind of the equivalent of like an optimized blog post, if you have a decent thumbnail made, um, that th people don't realize how important the thumbnails are on YouTube, go, go on Fiverr, find someone to make you a decent looking thumbnail that ideally, I don't know if people can see this, but ideally has a big face. It doesn't matter how weird your face is or how goofy, in fact, the more goofy the expression, the better, but big faces get clicks on, on YouTube. That's fascinating, I did not know that. So are there, are there best practices for making a, a thumbnail? Oh yeah, there's, whole, Let me there's see. thousands of blog articles about little thumbnail hacks. And I can tell you having grown a YouTube channel to 14,000 subscribers in a very competitive niche, which is business education in the last two years, which has really high CPMs. And you know, I'm currently making about $4,000 a month, totally passively just through shared ad revenue on YouTube, just from that channel. Um, meaning I've, that's I've, when you say shared avenue, ad revenue, that's the YouTube ad revenue. That's not yeah, affiliate. Deals has nothing to do with my affiliate links yeah. or anything. Yeah. That's just YouTube giving me 55% of, of money that other people are paying to run ads on my videos. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, some people just retire just on that, right? Yeah. In two years of making good videos, but I've actually hired consultants around how to get more organic traction on YouTube. And the number one thing that it always comes back to is thumbnails. Wow. All right. So, cause that's interesting because I got a lot of YouTube subscribers, but I've kind of don't have maybe the best thumbnails, not saying that that's the only reason I don't get a lot of views, but I think I, was, I probably have to improve in every area, but that's certainly something to consider. James, with your glasses and your zany hair. Yeah. Just, just big face. James faces <laughs> on thumbnails would crush for you. Buddy. Yeah. That'd I just, be... I literally just doubled your YouTube revenue if you implement that for the next three months. All right, and Jay's listening. Jay, switch all the videos. <laughs> so, so okay, and then you could put affiliate links on these things. What about the idea of like buying email lists? Like before the election, which was two days ago, and it's not over yet, but before the election, uh, I saw a list for sale, an email list for sale. It was like a conservative list of like 800,000 people. And it wasn't so expensive. And I was thinking, oh, this might be an interesting way to buy a list completely separate from my audience. Like I'm not branded on there at all and start advertising, you know, affiliates just to test out this idea. But then when I was doing due diligence, I kind of saw that they were copying other lists that they had and just reselling them, which didn't seem like the best buy. I, I well, in general, I would never buy other people's email 
Um, it's probably not can spam compliant. It's probably not actually even FTC compliant. Unless you're buying, unless you're acquiring a list-based business where it comes with the platform, like the list is already preloaded inside of a you know constant contact or an eye contact account, right. and you're actually buying the constant contact account. Because otherwise your problem is gonna be you go try to import those emails into your autoresponder platform. The autoresponder platform is gonna insist on knowing where you got them. If you tell them that you bought them, they're gonna, you know, not only not let you run to them, they might boot you off the platform. They're going to want to see the opt-in page. They're going to want to see that it was it's permission-based and that everybody knew that they were, that ultimately, if somebody put their email address into something and you want to send to that person, you have to prove that that person knew they were going to get an email from James Altucher when they at the moment they opted in. So, so like for me, you know, I started an email list back in 2012. It took me. I wasn't that focused on it, but it still took years and years of writing good content all over the place all the time to build a significant list. And yes, I've made money off that list, but now not everybody's, you know, 55 million people have applied for unemployment insurance in the past six months. What do they do? Like, they're not gonna listen to this and say, okay, I guess I could start this slowly and over years build up. But is there any shortcuts on, not necessarily building a big email list, but just ways to think about affiliate marketing that can help them better? Like maybe yeah, like I mean, for instance, here's an idea. Can I buy cheap ad space on podcasts and have the podcasters read my, uh, uh, you know, read an ad I write that focuses around my affiliate link. So I, so I do an arbitrage. I'm going to spend a thousand dollars for a podcast ad that I think I'm going to make $5,000 back on. Yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately, you know, every, every podcast has their own, uh, sophistication but generally if you get cheap ad space on a podcast it's because it's a small podcast that not many people are listening to and trying to convert people who are listening to something in in the gym or on the subway to actually opt into an email list you know anytime you're you're doing like cross-platform conversions it's usually very very low um if 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 i'm running an ad on a podcast it's probably going to get to be people to subscribe to my podcast right um there's a lot less friction there the closest thing to uh, a, a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, quick scaling strategy, honestly, is a YouTube video, a well executed YouTube video where you can leverage YouTube's insatiable desire for fresh content and um, let them do the promotion for you. I think we're, we're kind of past the days where you could run Google AdWords for two cents a click and get, um, you know, seven cent emails and then go make a dollar a month on those emails. Those days have kind of come and gone. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I loved, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests. And having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. 
And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business, and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee, and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything then go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? <laughs> Yes, I definitely gonna use him from now. Not on. that you need it. You're you're young and healthy, James. I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No 
insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hymns.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. So if you were starting affiliate marketing now, you would basically find your deals on ClickBank. What would be a good price point for, let's say it's an online class or newsletter or some digital product. What would be a good price point that's not too high, not too low? I'm so glad you asked because yeah, I mean, I it, just like in real estate, the money's made when you buy. In affiliate marketing, the money's made really when you product select. Mm. Assuming that you're willing to go out and produce some reasonably valuable content to the market that's in an, a defined niche that has demand, right? But then as far as how much you make, whether if you're promoting Amazon, you're at the bottom, I'm typically going to be looking for products, and I do like ClickBank for this, that either either sell for a few hundred dollars at least, or they might have a low ticket entry point, and then either a, a really good funnel that has a few upsells, or what we might call like an ascension model in their business model, where they start you at a $20 trial, and there's either a subscription, like let's say credit repair, let's say software, or uh, like Entra is a good example, right? So we get, we have an entry, we have a starter core, and, and I don't mean to turn this into an infomercial for Entra, but but look, but by Entra the way, was everybody, built. Everybody should go to millionairesecrets.com slash James because Entra's great. James A, James A, James A. Don't forget yeah, the A. Um, <laughs> but but no, I mean uh, Entra was built by you know me and some other really great affiliate marketers, so it stands to reason we did the right stuff, but. Um, when you, you know, with Entre, you get a $39 intro course. We actually do both of those things. You get a $39 basic course called Entre Blueprint. And then right away, we have a couple upsells in the funnel. We have a, a lifetime membership to a thing. We have another course on productivity that you can upgrade to. And so we're trying to get that initial cart value up to around $100. And we pay 60% to our affiliates on the front end transactions. So that's a potential $60 DPL or dollars per lead that you can get from our front end. And then we also have an Ascension model where we have courses that are, you know, we're like a real almost university-esque uh, type of inst institute, Entre Institute. And so we have courses in the thousands of dollars range. People can make hundreds or even sometimes a thousand dollars or more uh, as an affiliate of our courses. So that's a situation where, but you have to research the affiliate program. Our affiliate program carries through. Some affiliate programs, they will overpay you on the front end transaction because they're going to make their money on the back end, which they completely cut you out of. I see. They don't. They, they their tracking of you ends with the first transaction. Yeah, it ends in say twenty four hours, like Amazon even, and it's not a great apples to apples because they don't have an, a, a true ascension model. But Amazon has a twenty four hour cookie. So if you send somebody to Amazon, anything they buy within twenty four hours, you get credit for as an affiliate. But if somebody comes back three days later, uh, even even you know, let's say they bought a, a fishing lure and then they're like, 
you know, screw it, man, we really are going to take this trip. And they come back and they buy a canoe and a tent and they load up their shopping cart with $2,000 worth of products. If it was more than 24 hours later, you don't get the credit. So, so a lot of people ask me this though, like, how can you trust the company you're affiliating with? Like, what if they, uh, make money, but they direct people to some other URL and then you, and then you've only seen like the first few transactions, but like you say, it didn't follow through and now they're making money hand over fist, you know, upselling to the customer, but you're making nothing. Like, how do you track this stuff and how do you trust the, the affiliate? Um, there is a, an element of trust. You know, one of my favorite books is called Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey that says mm -hmm. business can really only move at the speed of trust. And that's why uh, you, I, that's really probably the single biggest, that and just the time efficiency of aggregating the offers are the main reasons to go through networks. Networks have standards and it doesn't take too many reports of those standards being broken for people to get kicked off the networks. And then uh, for a merchant, unless they are Walmart, um, they're going to, they're not going to be able to survive getting kicked off a of ClickBank and that's their incentive to follow the rules. Right. So if anybody complains about them, they're going to probably get either looked at or kicked off mm -hmm. or whatever. And, and, and typically those types of issues do surface pretty quickly for, for, here's the main reason why is if you have an email list and you're promoting an offer and somebody clicks a link in that offer and they go buy a, from a ClickBank link, but then they want a refund or they need support with whatever they bought, you know, most consumers don't really differentiate between the affiliate and the merchant. They probably don't even know what's happening. And so a lot of times they'll email for support. They'll just reply to the email that they bought from. And so if you get an email two months later from someone saying, hey, I, you know, I, I, I had a problem with my item and you say, well, can you send me the receipt so I, you know, I can troubleshoot. And the, the date of the receipt is like, you know, th uh, the same day they sent the support ticket and you're like, track it. And you're like, but I never got a commission on that. Then, you know, right. Bad actors tend to surface pretty quickly. And, and what's the most egregious you've seen where someone was a bad actor and was discovered and, and, you know, I'm sure this gets passed around the industry pretty quickly, but like particularly on good deals, but, uh, what's, what's the most egregious you've seen? When the owner of a company was set all of his cookies after 24 hours that they would roll over to his girlfriend. Ah, so <laughs> wait, so he was, he was, uh, uh, the affiliate or he was the merchant? He, he said his girlfriend, he was the merchant, but he set his girlfriend up as an affiliate, but she never promoted anything. She just inherited everybody else's tracking links after 24 hours. Oh my God. How, how was that caught even? Um, it, it was, I don't actually know how it was caught, but it's, um, it's the stuff of legend in the industry. <laughs> Can you say the name? I, I, I cannot, I, I choose not to say the name, but I will tell you that he had uh, bigger problems and the FTC took care of him a while ago. Oh, wow. Jesus. That's pretty bad. But, but that, but here's the thing. He didn't run through a network. He had his own independent affiliate program. He ch charged people a lot of money to buy his courses and then he would auto enroll them as affiliates. So he was, and actually I'm glad this is not something I thought to talk about, but I will mention it. Never, ever, 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 ever. Can you just take what I just said and loop it like seven more times, please? Sign up for an affiliate program that either requires a product purchase or charges you a fee to enroll in the affiliate program. Ah, yeah. So that's that's like when you in New York City in the old days when you had to pay like a hundred dollars just to look at an apartment for rent because the demand for apartments to rent was was so high in New York. And those were almost always scams. Like they would yes. just collect hundred open house today, and they would collect like five thousand dollars, and then that apartment was never for rent in the first place. 
Yes, don't do that. And also, I just want to close the loop on something I said earlier. The other, uh, the exception to the what we would call the Ascension stack or the higher ticket uh, affiliate model where you can earn larger lifetime value of commissions um, per referral would be, well, I guess it wouldn't be an exception. This would be a different format of it. It would be software or, or any kind of what we call continuity or subscription-based model. Some of the most lucrative affiliate programs based on lifetime value are software and like, again, things like um, credit repair, uh, membership programs, you know, uh, for example, there's a, a popular software company in the education industry that pays uh, 40% referral com- up to 40% on a $300 a month software subscription. So you're, you're making $120. And at least for my referrals to that program, the average uh, stick rate has been almost a year. Wow. So I'm making 12, you know, let's say 12 times 120 times every referral. Wow. So, so what are the best categories to look at? Like, Online courses probably about making money are probably good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what other what you you mentioned gym memberships? I imagine like brokerage firms or banks are they okay or no? Oh yeah, in fact, opening uh, stock trading accounts is huge. I know one site, and I'm I'm really sorry, James, I can't remember the name. But if it's if it's really important, I would find it for you so you could provide it. Maybe I don't know if you want to. Maybe you get set up with them too, but. There's a stock trading site that simply, if somebody opens an account and funds it with $100, uh, a trading account, it's not a, like a Scott trade or an E-Trade. It's not one of the big ones, but it's it's a legit one. Um, they open an account, they fund it with $100. Depending on what country you're in, they'll pay you anywhere from $700 to $1,200. Oh my gosh. Why don't more people, or maybe a lot of people do that? Uh, yeah, a lot of people, that. I mean, here's the thing. It's a no-name trading platform and they're trying to establish market share and compete with E-Trade, that's why they do it. I see. And then- otherwise you and I wouldn't be talking about it. Right. And then there should be some site which kind of tells you the hottest deal. So ClickBank sort of tells you every deal that signs up with them. How do I find the hottest? ClickBank rates them for you oh, based oh, okay. on the category. Yeah, so so you decide what niche you want to create content in. Let's say you, want, you have a, a blog about pets. Mm-hmm. You have a blog about travel. You have a blog about how to, I know somebody who makes about half a million dollars a year, tr- literally traveling around the world, going to f- luxury hotels, getting expensive massages at luxurious spas and all this stuff, all by properly optimizing and cashing in on credit card points. Mm. And then what happens, she she writes these articles to say, here's how I got a, a 10 day cruise to Bali in the in the first class cabin simply by cashing in the points on my Barclays v, you know VIP travel card and then if you'd like to sign up for the Barclays card so you can implement the strategy here's a link to go sign up for a Barclays card and that's an example because think about what the lifetime value of a new customer is for for a big bank uh, credit card company right they assume that people are going to rack up balances not pay them off every month and pay tens of thousands of dollars in interest fees over the li- over the 10 or 20 year lifetime of that credit card. So they'll pay my friend $1,000 for that referral. So, so she makes, she gets, by using her credit card for everything, she gets points, which gives right. her discounts to travel. And then she writes about that. So that's the content. And but so then, she makes money so she can then pay her credit cards and, and use them again. Cause that's how she racks up the points. And then, and then, yeah, so then she makes the money though on recommending, hey, you could do this too. Here's the Barclays, they get all these points. And then Bar- how much does Barclays pay her? Like what's the affiliate fee? 
I, 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 you know, again, every, every merchant negotiates their own deal. So Barclays is different than Chase, is different than Wells Fargo, is different than City, City Card and so forth. Um, but she just writes about it all in her blog. And here's the thing, I, I don't have permission from these people. I don't know if I should be airing them out or not, but, but like, these are not anomalous things. This is the affiliate marketing industry. Um, and it's pretty widespread. One thing I will say, credit cards brings up another issue, which is that even when you go through networks, let's say you go through like ShareASale or Awin, those are two big ones. And then you're in a, you're in, let's say the digital marketing niche. And you're like, you want to go within those networks, you want to grab GoDaddy and you want to grab Bluehost and you you know, like things that are relevant, right? Um, you'll still very often through those networks have to fill out a quick application to each of those merchants and they'll rev review you and approve you as a, an affiliate through the network. And you're, you won't actually be able to get your link until you get approved. Credit cards have a much higher, for probably obvious reasons, they have a much higher standard of compliance and approval. They're probably not going to approve somebody who's got a brand new WordPress site that they just installed that has no content. A credit card's going to want to see that you have an audience and you have a history and, you know, basically that you're legitimate. So what about, let, let's say, um, let's say I make a video about credit repair, or let's say I make an, an article, mm -hmm. the 10 best ways to get your credit score from 500 to 800. Yeah. And um, right. so I, I give a bunch of techniques and then I recommend, and I do my research, I find the best credit repair agencies and I recommend three different credit repair agencies mm -hmm. and I describe what they do and I link to them and they all, I have an affiliate deal with each one of them. So I don't know what it, they charge, but let's say I get half of that. Now, let's say I don't have an audience, can I put, is it worth it to put like even a Facebook ad, target people who are, I don't know how you would figure out the right targeting, but you target the right people and you say, here's the 10 things you need to know if you need to improve your credit score. Is that a good way if I'm just starting out to build my list because I'll build my list and do an, a giveaway and do affiliate deals all at the same time? I'll say, yes, that is a good model with the askers of saying, if it's well executed. Which right. is a big if, right? Um, because I'm putting money at risk first. Yeah, yeah. I just want to protect your audience from being like, oh, this Jeff guy said I should just go spend money on Facebook ads. I mean, it's you have to for, you have to start with some assumptions, actually take the time to chart them out. Um, mostly the thing about affiliate marketing, this is kind of the hard thing. It's, it's kind of the tension that we're trying to solve here is um, it's, it, the market has evolved to where it's, it's not really such a just a quick hit. Somebody who's just got on an unemployment and they, they got to figure out how to make $700 this month or they're not going to be able to pay their rent, don't go spend 80 hours a week focused on becoming a world-class affiliate marketer in the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's not the best strategy for your life. But uh, if you say, hey, I'd like to be making $5,000 a month in the next two years so I can quit my job, which, you know, considering what most people will invest in a career hopefully they'll work for 40 years to try to get to some, you know, theoretical finish line with a pot of gold that really generally doesn't exist for most people. You know, if I say, listen, you could be retired with mostly passive income in, in two or three years doing this, uh, let's say 10 to 20 hours a week. I don't think that's a bad offer. No, but it, and you know, but it doesn't scratch the itch that some people have of like, well, if I'm going to go online and I'm going to navigate all this headache and I hate tech, but if I'm going to deal with it, I want a big payoff now. Well, the, the universe kind of doesn't care what you want. Right. And, and, and to be fair, it is relatively passive income. So in there, there's a quote unquote cost to getting passive. Once it's set up, it's a pretty easy thing. So there's got, it's gotta be competitive. So it's gotta be a little bit hard. 
at least. Yeah, otherwise, I mean, it, it, it would not make sense that it was easy and everybody could do it because then everybody would do it and it would be saturated and it wouldn't be easy. I mean, it's the law of the universe, right? So, but I'm just playing around with, with ideas of different platforms. What about TikTok? Like I have a friend, he's got about 700,000 TikTok followers. He spent mm -hmm. the last year building it up. He's got pretty good content. It seems like his audience is pretty loyal, but obviously it skews younger. Is TikTok a viable, uh, you know, affiliate platform? It, here's here's going to be my advice on how to leverage TikTok. And bear in mind, I have not practiced what I'm about to preach yet because it just, for me, limited bandwidth. Uh, I, I focus on the big four, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And I just mentally, I haven't been able to get there. Um, but I know several people that are really, really crushing it with TikTok with this not often discussed trick. Um, if you just try to use TikTok to generate affiliate traffic, it's kind of tough. You have to find products that really do skew younger, that really do play to that. Think of the psychology that people are in when they're on TikTok. Like they want, it has to be a payoff in 15 seconds. Right. They won't even go watch a, you know, a two minute sales video or a five minute sales video, right? Which, you know, if you really want to set the hook on something that's going to pay you a couple hundred dollars commission, you need more than 15 seconds. So if you're pulling them right off of the TikTok platform, usually they're too impatient for it to work. So the 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 way you beat that or you you kind of overcome that is, Everybody, you know, in TikTok, you can put your, your other social links in your profile. So make your call to action on TikTok to be to subscribe to your YouTube channel. I see. And that's all you're trying to accomplish with TikTok. Because, you know, if you try to organically grow, you know, I've done a really good job, honestly, on YouTube. And it's taken me two years to grow 14,000 subscribers. Your friend has done a good job on TikTok. And in one year, they've grown 700,000 subscribers. So if, if every one of their videos ended by saying, hey, go to my profile and, and hit my YouTube link and join there, they could probably have 200,000 YouTube subscribers so much more easily than trying to do that actually through the YouTube platform. And then once you've got people in your world on YouTube, YouTube is automatically sending them email notifications every time you post a video. And whenever you're talking about notifying people about new content, you have to be really, really conscious of email delivery. And when you send out people's an email, let's say 10% of your email's inbox or 20%, but when YouTube sends out notifications, it's like 98% of their email's inbox because it's YouTube and half of them are probably on Gmail, which is the same company as YouTube, right? Right. So super high delivery, super high notification rates, and, and, that's, and then you can get people into your YouTube world where they have a little different psychology, they're taking a little more time to watch a little longer videos, they can be a little more pre-sold, and that's when you hit them with affiliate offers. So if you were to start today, Jeff, like let's say you were just fired from your job as Crest Toothpaste Assistant Marketing Manager, and now you're like, oh, I hear about this affiliate thing, but I don't really know this online stuff. I don't know what I'm doing. How, what would you do, best practices? That's, I'm so glad you posed that question. And I actually hope that um, Crest Toothpaste Assistant Marketing Manager, who just got laid off, is, is listening to this, because I'm going to tell him or her exactly what to do. ClickBank is actually a really good place to start. ClickBank or maybe find some good direct like software offers. Um, ClickFunnels actually has a, a really killer affiliate program. We at Entra has like one of the highest paying affiliate programs um, per, you know, you call it a DPL revenue or, or dollars per lead. Like we have one of the highest. Credit repair is a good one. You know, whatever. Find some good high paying offers where you can at least make a few hundred bucks. Do explanation how to either education or review videos on YouTube. Make a couple you know, they bake those links into the video themselves, that put the links in the description, make it really easy to click and compelling to click. And then I actually probably would, if I was in a big hurry, I would do exactly what you just said. I would leverage TikTok. 
and I would go make, you know, little 15 second TikTok videos of me, you know, standing at the checkout line of the grocery store, frustratedly swiping my card because it's, it's maxed out and it won't go through and I'm embarrassed and I'm looking and, and there's some lady behind me who's like, you know, acting impatient and I'd be like, oh, and then I would have a thing that comes up and says, got credit card troubles, you know, join my YouTube channel to solve them or something and then send them to YouTube and then have more videos that actually explain how to repair your credit and then click to that affiliate offer, for example, because TikTok, uh, it, you know, it's all supply and demand, right? And TikTok has so much more demand than supply for good content, especially as more people from broader demographics come to the platform. There's like a giant void of content. You know, TikTok started with like the 14 to 18 year olds, right? And then the 24 year olds came on, but now like the 35 year olds are coming on and there's hardly anybody creating content for them, right? But they do have credit card troubles, but they also have enough money to invest in credit repair, right? So, so use TikTok to organically, the reason I talk about the void of content is TikTok will organically grow you a following that's very hard to acquire on other platforms. That's a really great point that because there's so many new TikTok users, that there is, there's a lot of demand for content and there isn't, I never thought of that. There really isn't the content there. Yes, everyone's making 15 second videos, but that's like an art form unto itself. Like most mm -hmm. of those suck. And so good yeah. ones are rewarded and TikTok's got a great discovery algorithm for finding good content as opposed to just uh, letting you see what your, the people you follow are doing. So like when I made a, a like one good video on TikTok out of like 40, it got like over a million views, even though I had 10 subscribers. So like right. good, good, good content is rewarded there. Not necessarily as much in other platforms. And then you're saying basically start making videos then to convert viewers of TikTok videos to viewers of your YouTube videos. Yeah. That's the, that's the meet intermediary step that will actually make you win when you try to sell them stuff. And you wouldn't focus as much on email list and blog if you're just starting out. No, no, I wouldn't. I would leverage. I mean, the internet is a video based medium f for cold marketing. And at the warmer the leads get, the more they know, like, and trust you, the more willing they are to read what you have to say. Like you, for example, are very effective. You're a good writer and people read your stuff, but like you're an established authority figure in your space. Right. But to get to them in the first place, you gotta, you gotta hook into the dopamine loop and video does that a lot faster. Although I notice even with copywriters now, when they're making ads, they don't want just written ads that you need to do like a video sales letter or a webinar totally. or something like that. So, so videos, even for those guys are still, is still the best. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, so, so Jeff, this has been great. This is like your third time on side hustle Fridays. I, I, you always have amazing advice. I always send, I always know this because I always send my children the videos every time you're on hmm, in the you. hopes that they will make some money. <laughs> and, and, and I think they, they listen. So, uh, I appreciate it. How do people, how do people find you once again? Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm going to say it again. If they'll just go to millionairesecrets.com forward slash James a, see, this is, this is why affiliate marketing is great. It's a total win-win, right? They go there, they get a lot of, t of free value. They get my free download book. They get access to my YouTube channel. There's a link there to subscribe. There's a link to my podcast, Millionaire Secrets, where they should definitely start with the episode that I had you on and all this great free stuff, right? But then if they decide to go further in our relationship and they end up you know, wanting to learn more from me or buy my courses or whatever, obviously it's a win-win for both of us. But um, you know, on the internet, and this is, this is a good affiliate marketing principle. It's not just a commercial for us. Um, you always want to give 10 times whatever you're going to ask for in return, right? So my, my goal with my YouTube channel, for example, was to, and I'm still working toward this, but although I did have somebody tell me I've achieved it, 
is to create a YouTube channel that that is economically more valuable than a Harvard education, only it can be accessed for free. I've got over I, 400 videos on there. And you'll get that through that link, millionairesecrets.com forward slash James A and, and everything else that you'd want to know about me. I, I think this is a really important concept, by the way. You always have to have the customer's interest in mind because they're not just your customer, they're your reader, they're the consumer of your content. Your content has value for them. So for instance, like, yeah, I sell a couple of newsletters, but I've got almost 5,000 articles for free on jamesaltitude.com or even on like LinkedIn and other places where I just post for free. So uh, always, I think the most valuable content, maybe not the most valuable, it depends on the context, but lots of con lots of good, valuable content should be free. Like most of your content should be free, I believe, for any content creator, no matter what your end goal is. I 100% agree. And, and probably the most important uh, word that I would attach to that your customers are your reputation. That's really important. So don't screw it up. Yeah. Take care of it. <laughs> and by the way, I also want to mention people should check out the podcast we did about being a, you, you were, you, you left high school to be a professional jazz pianist and you didn't know how to play the piano at, in the beginning of that. And you became professional piano player in like two years. So I got the book you recommended, um, with all the chords. I see it right now. It's on my shelf and, but now I got to get a piano. <laughs> The jazz piano book with Mark Levine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got that. And at some point you should go on Amazon because they have that book on there and you should install the Amazon Associates toolbar and it'll auto-generate you an affiliate link. And then in the description on that episode, you can put a link to that book that'll pay oh, yeah. you about two cents per order. <laughs> you know, it's it's so interesting. I just love the music theory concepts and it's like, but now I want to get a piano just to, to try it out in, in practice. So we'll, we'll see. I doubt I'll be a professional, but I want to, and I, and I know how to play the piano, but I've never done like jazz style piano or fake book style piano. So I, I really want to get better at that. So thank you for that podcast too. Yeah. Thank you, man. It's, it's great. I, I feel a, a, a warm and, and budding, beautiful relationship. I hope we create lots of wonderful content together. Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. Talk to you soon. Thank you. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.